1: Hello, Texas fans, this is the Longhorn Confidential for Thursday, September 17th. I'm Danny Davis of the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined by Mike Craven. Mike, say hello to the people. Hello, everybody. Now, Mike, uh, we may be a little biased since we live in the state, but, you know, the state of Texas, at least in my opinion, is one of the nation's biggest producers of talented football players. You can throw in California, you can throw in Florida, but, you know, Texas, no matter what list you're talking about, is always going to be on the top of the charts, and for a school like Texas, that's a blessing because these kids are all in their backyard and you literally can feel the competitive team with just Texas recruits. On the other hand, it can also be a little bit of a curse as Texas fans know because Texas cannot offer every kid in the state. And so that means some of these talented players are going to go elsewhere. And so you have a case as Matt Brown will attest where a Robert Griffin or a Johnny Menzel goes elsewhere and doesn't go to Texas and people are, you know, why didn't you offer this kid? Why didn't you offer this kid? He was in your backyard, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, there are always those issues since there are so many talented football players and so many talented football factories in this, uh, in this state. But I kind of want to go off that today. Um, I want to go through all the big 12 schools um, that aren't Texas and kind of go over who their top recruit is from the state of Texas, because all these schools recruit here, except for maybe West Virginia, and so they all know that there's a lot of talented football players here. And like we said, of course, Texas can't offer all these kids, but I kind of want to know down the road if uh, one of these kids blows up, who's going to be the kid that uh, the Texas fans are ruined that Texas didn't sign. So we're going to look at your FAT 55 list, the most recent one you published um, about a month ago, and kind of go school by school and the top Texas kid and. Uh, we're just going to have you give us a scouting report. So we're going to start with Oklahoma, which always does a fantastic job at recruiting the state. And their top kid on our Fab 55 list comes in number six, Texas high outside linebacker Clayton Smith. What do Texas fans need to know about Clayton? Because they'll be seeing a lot of him over the next uh, you know four years once his 2021 class signs. Yeah,
2: Clayton Smith, uh, best outside linebacker, probably the best edge rusher in the entire class here in the state of Texas. Was a guy Texas wanted LSU, all you know, all the you know the the usual suspects in the state um, up there. You know, in Texas, Arcana, not that far from Oklahoma. I think the Sooners did a really good job getting on him um, early, being around that school since he was a sophomore, and really he's just one of those guys with the length. And that ability to kind of add weight, you know, he could probably get to 245, 250, either be a stand-up, outside linebacker, rushes passer, or even, you know, spin down and play some defensive end if he, if he keeps adding weight. So uh, a really good player and somebody who Oklahoma hopes can, can get after the quarterback and, and disrupt, you know, a Big 12 that likes to spread the ball out and pass it.
1: Let's uh, go talk about TCU now. Um, their highest uh, commit on the 2021 class five is Landon Watson, who's a defensive lineman from Hutto. Now Hutto, they've been producing some talent recently. They sent a quarterback to UCLA a couple of years ago. DeJohn Harrison was part of Texas's uh, 2020 uh, signing class, a receiver for the Hippos. Um, I believe Landon was committed to LSU before LSU kind of blew up this past year and things kind of fell apart. But what do we need to know about, about Landon and, you know, how much of a force on the defensive line could he be for the Horned Frogs?
2: Yeah, I, mean, I think he's a really good player. Uh, fits into a four uh, down front, like TCU runs. TCU prefers that four two five type style. So I think he's a, a defensive end for sure. Um, he's going to have to get better against the run, you know, but that comes with getting in the weight room and just kind of, know, growing up, becoming a man instead of a teenager and that kind of stuff. But another guy like Clayton Smith, you know, uh, with offenses moving to the spread and all the passing and everything we talk about all the time, uh, defensive ends and cornerbacks are kind of those gold standard positions on the defensive side, much like quarterback and offensive tackle are on offense. Landon Watson is one of those guys that you can line up early and he can be a pass rushing specialist. And as he kind of grows and matures as a player and as an adult, I think he becomes a a three-down defensive lineman for the Horned Frogs.
1: And Landon was number 29 in the FAT 55, the most current version. Uh, we're going to go drop down to number 34 on the FAT 55, and that's Eastland quarterback Baron Morton. He is a Texas Tech commit, Texas Tech's highest commit on the FAT 55 list. I believe Eastland is a Class 3A school, so he may be off the radar for a lot of people, but he's not off your radar, and he's obviously not off uh, the Red Raiders' radar. What do we need to know about him?
2: Yeah, really good quarterback, can make all the throws, really accurate, doesn't have a huge arm, isn't like an overly, you know, big kid or the fastest kid, maybe even the strongest guy. Uh, But in Texas Tech's offense, you don't really need that. You need somebody who's accurate, who can get the ball out, who lets the wide receivers make plays. And Morton is exactly that. He's also, you know, a local guy and with a lot of really big offers. And so I think it was really important for Texas Tech um, to get that quarterback and kind of keep him home. That was big uh for dan neal or and, and that coaching staff there um and so I, yeah i think he's somebody who you know we're not going to see right away or anything like that when he gets to texas tech but they're hoping to kind of put him there for a year or two let him learn let him get used to playing at the college level like you said play smaller division football here in texas so not a class 6a guy who plays you know against a bunch of d1 athletes every single week so he'll need a little bit of time to adjust but has all the tools there to be a really good quarterback and somebody texas tech uh is really happy to have as kind of the headliner and kind of bell cow of this class.
1: We're going to stick with quarterbacks, head over to shadow Creek high school. Now Texas has been interested in the defensive recruits from the school. The past couple of years, they signed as Xavier offered this past recruiting cycle. They're currently in um, it's Terrence cooks, correct. That's currently currently at shadow yep. Creek that yep. Texas is interested in, but shadow Creek has a pretty good quarterback, Kyron drones, number 36 in the fat 55 list. He's a Baylor commit the highest Baylor commit currently. Um, on this list, what do we need to know about uh, this, uh, this quarterback and how does he rank in this quarterback class? And is he someone who could come in in a year or two replace Charlie Brewer and be the next thorn in Texas side when it comes to this Bears-Longhorns rivalry?
2: Yeah, I mean, we entered this recruiting class talking about how deep the offensive line group was, and it's true. I mean, the offensive line class in Texas this year is really good, but the quarterback group probably didn't get talked about enough early on, and it's really good. I think there's like eight to ten quarterbacks on the Fab 55, which is the most since I started doing it in 2017. So uh, drones, for example, dual-threat guy, uh, can get out of the pocket, uh, has a pretty big arm, needs to work on some accuracy and some consistency footwork, you know, just kind of the little stuff like that. Um, that he'll get tutored, tutored on uh, once he gets to college, but he's just you know a freak athlete, somebody who's won a state championship at a major level, Class 5A Division One. They're going to play Class 6A uh, ball this year, so he's a winner. He's productive. He can move around. He can make plays, and it kind of shows. I think where uh, Dave Aranda and that staff kind of want to move this offense more of a, a moving quarterback, a mobile, mobile quarterback.
1: Now, Oklahoma State has a number 54 uh, recruit on the FAT 55 list. Bryson Green is a receiver at Allen. Now, I tend to trust Mike Gundy when it comes to recruiting receivers. Oklahoma State these past few years has tended to you know, recruit some talented guys at that position. Uh, what do you like about Bryson, and is he someone that you know in a couple years we're going to be like, okay, you know, that's another great Cowboy receiver?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it at all. I mean, he's a really good player. Uh, checks every single box. He's big enough. He's fast enough. He's got good hands. He knows how to run routes. Uh, he Plays Class 6A ball at Allen, so you know he's coached well and plays against solid competition and that kind of stuff. Uh, he's got a twin brother on that Allen team, Blaine Green, who's also committed to Oklahoma State, who plays wide receivers. So uh, a pair of really good wide receivers um, for Oklahoma State and uh, somebody who I think in three, four years we kind of look back and go, okay, how did not, how did Oklahoma, Texas, LSU – Kind of miss out on that on that guy, I think you know there's a, there's a few guys ahead of him on the fat fifty five and on some recruiting boards and stuff like that, uh, but he's a heck of a football player and somebody who I think we all kind of look at as somebody who you know kind of snuck between the cracks there and ended up a cowboy
1: now Kansas, Kansas State, and Iowa state they do not have any um, fat fifty five commits on their list, but they do recruit the state, and they do have a handful of Texas commits looking at the two four seven sports rankings. Uh, Kansas's highest rated recruit for this 2021 class from Texas is China Springs defensive end Damarion Alexander. He's a three-star kid. Kansas State's highest one is Colleyville Heritage receiver Brendan Hawkins, also a three-star recruit. And then Iowa State has Eden defensive lineman uh, Jaden Green, once again a three-star on the 247 rankings. Um, do you have any opinion on you know Kansas, Kansas State, and Iowa State and how they recruit the state or how they have done you know in this cycle or maybe in these past couple of years?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they do as well as they can, considering where they are in the pecking order. You know, you're going to have Texas, Oklahoma, LSU, even A&M and stuff first. Um, The SEC has really gotten into the state now. Uh, With A&M being in the SEC, you see a lot more commits to Alabama, uh, even Georgia, Florida, some of those schools. And then Ohio State does an excellent job within the state, having the number one player on the Fab 55 this year in Donovan Jackson. So, you know, a lot like you mentioned earlier, Texas is a hotbed of recruiting talent, top state, uh, the nation when it comes to high school football, in my opinion, um, in terms of depth of talent, for sure. And so you're going to have, you know, everybody in the pool. And uh, for Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, you know, when you don't have year-in, year-out success, you're not competing for national titles, uh, you don't have as much money to spend in recruiting, you know, on getting in front of these guys and all that kind of stuff, and bringing a bunch of people in for visits and stuff like that, it's going to be a little bit harder. But for where they are in the Big 12 and for what they do, I think they do an excellent job, specifically – Iowa State. I think Matt Campbell does a really good job of kind of finding guys that, you know, may not be, you know, the biggest, strongest, fastest, you know, stick out at camps and stuff like that, but they fit his system and they fit what he wants to do. Uh, Gary Patterson may do that better than anybody at big uh, in the Big Twelve at TCU. I think Matt Campbell's probably number two on that list. And so um, yeah, I mean they're never gonna compete, you know, with the guys that Texas wants, right? When Charles Austin, the quarterback from Austin High, he was committed to Iowa State. It didn't really take much Uh, convincing when he got an offer from UT to kind of flip his commitment to Texas. So they're never going to be up there for the four or five star guys. Right. But on those three star kind of underneath guys, I think they do an excellent job. And it's why Iowa state kind of, you know, stays in that middle ground, always in the conversation to, to be in the big 12 championship game.
1: For this uh, 2021 class, West Virginia does not have any pledges from Texas. Strangely enough, they do have a commit from Finland and a commit from Sweden. Um, is it just too tough for the Mountaineers to recruit in a state like Texas? This is a different time zone. This is not, you know, you know Kansas and Kansas State aren't in the backyard, but that's still, a, you know, a, an easy flight and maybe an hour drive for these parents um, if they want to go see their, their kid play. That's not the case with West Virginia. Is, is it just too tough to convince, um, you know, these Texas, these Texas recruits to go out there? And that maybe may why West Virginia just kind of focuses on the, on the East Coast?
2: I honestly think a big part of it is, is it's just too expensive. You know, you got to you got to have a recruiting budget. And if you're West Virginia, you know, it's hard to really be in Texas all the time without spending a decent amount of money. Like you mentioned with, you know, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, you know, Kansas has an, an advantage because Emmett Jones is on as a wide receiver coach and he kind of has ties to Texas. I'm sure some other coaches on those other staffs do, but it, like you said, it's a, it's a cheaper trip down here to recruit whereas for west virginia it's going to be pretty expensive it's going to be time consuming and like i mentioned earlier you have so many cooks you have so many chefs in the kitchen that you're you're just you're not going to be up there uh with the top guys and so i think for them it's money spent you know elsewhere to not compete you know with the 30 40 50 programs that are constantly recruiting guys in texas they're they're trying to use ohio and uh you know, some of those uh, recruits that don't end up at Ohio State and JUCO, stuff like that, I think that's where their hotbed main recruiting area is going to be.
1: All right, let's uh, kind of segue from recruiting talk and talk about your other passion, uh, Craven's Corner, our weekly kind of look into the gambling, gambling circuit. Obviously, Texas is off this week, but one game that really interested me was the Baylor-Houston game. It looks like Baylor's favored by about four and a half points. My question is not so much – whether or not you like that line or like, you can tell, tell me if you do or not. But is this a bet you want to place – is this a game you want to place a bet on when these two teams literally just scheduled this game a week, less than a week ago and who knows how they're actually able to prepare it. This might as well just be kind of a scrimmage where they're throwing guys out there and just saying, you know, we're going to win on talent because the game plans can't be that intense.
2: Yeah, this year is going to be one of those weird years, especially early on. Like every few, every first few games are kind of weird to gamble on. I'm a big believer in you kind of build into the season. You bet low early on, you bet higher kind of as the year goes on when you're more confident, and you have more, you know, stuff to look at, more stats to look at and stuff. And this year specifically, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, these teams aren't even supposed to play each other. So it's not like they spend all off season looking at film and figuring out who's, you know, on the roster and, and how to attack. Uh, This is going to be line up, play some football, do what you do best, and the team that's most consistent wins. i probably lean towards Baylor four and a half just because I trust that coaching staff a little bit more than Dana Holgerson after he went four and eight last year in Houston. So I would – you know, I'm probably going to go Baylor four and a half just because I'm going to bet on the game is one of the only uh, good games this week in college football. But, yeah, I definitely wouldn't blame somebody for avoiding any of the games the first two or three weeks just kind of as we figure out how all this works. I mean, we're not even sure who's going to be on the field anymore, you know, with, with how COVID and stuff has taken over and how the coaches don't really have to let, you know, anybody know who the individual players are, who are missing out, which, you know, they probably shouldn't, but um, yeah, it's a weird year to gamble. It's a weird year to gamble on college football and it's only going to be weirder as the season goes on in my opinion.
1: Um, is, Does Craven's Corner, does that run on a Thursday or Friday? I think it
2: comes out online Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning, definitely in print Thursday because we try to get, you know, that NFL game on Thursday. I like to gamble on that NFL game on Thursday because, you know, it feels like it's been forever since I've been able to place a bet. All
1: right. So when people read this uh, as they're listening to this podcast right here, what are some of the bets that that they're going to read about? What are some of your favorite NCAA or NFL bets for this week?
2: I like Miami over Louisville. I think Miami is uh, the underdog by a point and a half. I'd probably just play the money line there and not even worry about the spread. That's going to be the best game of, of the week. I, I try to gamble on games that I'm going to watch. You know, kind of, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that's like gambling on 24-point spreads of games I'm not going to watch or anything like that. So I enjoyed Miami on that, on that money line. Derek King, uh, the former quarterback of the Houston Cougars, is out there. He's looking good. Uh, and then in football, you're not going to like this but Bengals plus six over the Browns. I, I don't trust the Cleveland Browns to beat anybody by more than six points. Uh, Joe Burrow looked okay in his, you know, opening game at his debut. It's Thursday. There's not a lot of turnaround. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the Browns right now, and Baker Mayfield. I just, for me, until proven otherwise, I'm going to bet against the Browns while they're still favored.
1: I'm not going to hold that against you. Um... <laughs> as as we all know i i love baker i, I love the browns i don't care you know if texas fans get angry when they when they hear that but i i had to turn off the game in like the third quarter uh this past week and it was uh pretty disappointing the browns are kind of in a show me state but we'll we'll see it'll be nice to actually see them on on a national broadcast on thursday i don't get to see them often but uh maybe that's a good good thing after this past week um Let's uh, go segue into an interview that you did this uh, this week with uh, Andrew McCuba, who is a Texas target, a really good safety over at LBJ High School. Um, we got we got him for a couple minutes, and so let's play that audio and uh, hear hear what hear what he has to say about Texas and his recruitment.
2: Fair to say it's Texas Clemson, or are there some other schools
0: kind of in there as well? There's other schools. Uh, LSU is in there, uh, and Missouri is in there. <laughs> What about those kind of three, four, five schools kinda of separated themselves? Just the communication with the uh, not just the assistant coaches but also with the head coach, you know, those those guys show a lot of interest. Uh they communicated when we were I built good relationships, so that's that's through that stood out to me. How weird is it to be on a site? You know, like everybody usually gets to go to the Elite Eleven, gets to go to, you know, campus stuff,
2: gets you know, like how weird is it to kinda of have to go through this process without really being able to go to
0: places? It's it's weird. A lot of a lot of phone calls, FaceTimes, yeah. a lot of virtual visits. It's it's weird. I tell you that. Does that give Texas an advantage, being, being, being kind of the familiar, the familiar school year, Or no? Uh, yeah, kinda, kinda. Cause you know, out of those four schools I named, Texas the only the school, school I've been at. Like I've been to Texas like four times, right. so I'm kind of familiar with the. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm familiar with the campus, and I you know I stay like 15 minutes away, so. It's not really not really a big deal to me.
2: Is there a timeline for you? Is it when it feels right? Kind of I guess where are you going with, with the whole decision process?
0: Uh to be honest, I don't I don't really have a timeline as right now. I mean I'm trying I'm just trying to focus on my season. I kind of put recruiting to the side. So you know my main focus is gonna be on this and you know we got a virtual school which is kind of yeah. weird and different and I don't really focus on those two things that's what's important at the moment. Yeah, last question. How hard is it to juggle this right now? know people think of it and they're like oh you get to go to school from home but you know kind of hard is it kind of have to deal with all of these different kind of obstacles oh uh, it's, it's 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 pretty tough i mean other other people don't got the resources to uh like other people like learn better like visually and other people learn better like but you know it's, it's kind of tough for me i feel like i learn better visually to see things but online it just helped me like step forward to college because i feel like college going to be a lot similar
1: you can read about Andrew and Mike's dotted line column. Uh, this interview was for his Tuesday column. On, on Monday, he had a story about J.D. Coffey, who is a Texas commit. On Wednesday, he had a story about Charles Wright, who is um, also a Texas commit quarterback over there at Austin High. Uh, what else is in the pipeline, Mike? You have to produce a lot of co- content for this dotted line column that runs throughout the week. What else? What else is in the pipeline?
2: We're going to check in on some 2022 guys that Texas is really looking for. You know, as everybody who follows recruiting knows, you know, by now, you know, the the whole idea of the scholarships not counting uh, this year, no matter how much people play, I think has really kind of allowed coaches to, to look at the 2021 class and, you know, go after that first, those finals targets. But they're going to shift a lot of their focus to 2022 if they can't get their top targets. So. We're going to look at some of those guys who are starting their season here uh, in a week and a half or so, most of them on the Class 5A, Six level, just some of the ones that Texas fans need to get to know. Um, and then Friday I'm going out to uh, my first game. I'll be in Howitzville to watch Jonathan Brooks, uh, running back, uh, commit for the Longhorns, three-star, one of the only two uh, commits playing so far, 5A, 6A start at the end of September. So going to go watch uh, that game and uh, get some real, real football in me here for the first time in uh, 2020.
1: I was going to ask, you're back from Maine. You were readjusting to this Texas heat, which I know has not been that fun for you and, you and Taco. How excited are you for your first game and actually getting to see some live football in front of you?
2: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a football guy, right? So, I mean, I need to see some snot bubbles, somebody get hit going across the middle, that kind of stuff. So, it, it's going to be exciting. Uh, it's fun. Um, but yeah, after not experiencing anything over 90 degrees for the past 90 days, even 92 degrees outside, it is really hot. And I i mean, I'm, I'm born Texan. I mean, I've lived here my whole life. I lived in Houston, Austin, San Antonio. So I'm absolutely aware of the heat. I absolutely make fun of people who complain about the heat when it drops under 100 degrees. I realize I'm in that boat now, uh, but it's real. You know, everything's relative. When you're not, <laughs> when it doesn't slowly creep up on you um, and you just kind of come back, into it. It's, it's definitely really hot, man. It's, uh, it's hot here.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I think I've, I've gotten, I've gotten used to it, but I also was smart enough to know that I just stay inside the house from about nine o'clock in the morning till about uh, seven o'clock at night. That's a, that's, that's yeah, my pro if. tip. Anyways. You gotta do
2: this. It it's hot. <laughs>
1: Anyways, it's time to wrap it up here. Um, as always, check out our, our work on hook'em.com. As I just said, Mike has his line column throughout the week. Craven's Corner, which runs uh, in Thursday's newspaper. Lots of content from him. Um, even though it's a bi-week, we've been busy. Uh, me, Brian Davis, Kirk Bowles, Seg Golden. So hook'em.com has a lot of content for you to read and uh, help you get through this, uh, this bi-week. Don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store and the Google Podcast app. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in each week.